Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Chiefs Wire podcast. I'm Ed Easton Jr. On today's episode, I catch up with Tyler Fornes, the managing editor of the Vikings Wire, as he breaks down everything going on with Minnesota heading into Sunday's game. Also, we check back at the post-game press conferences featuring Patrick Mahomes, Isaiah Pacheco, and Andy Reid following the victory Sunday night against the New York Jets. We also continue my NFL Combine series, hearing from today's NFL rookies, reflect on some of the current Chiefs, as well as the team history. When things aren't working out the way they you're... Yeah, I've just, I've just learned uh, you can only control the next play. Um, you can only go out there and, and do what you need to do for that next play. Nothing in the past matters. Um, and I don't know if it's coming from Texas Tech or how I played growing up. It's just you, you, keep, you keep throwing it. You keep putting it out there and let your guys have chances. Um, you can't worry about the uh, interceptions that have happened in the past. You have to keep fighting, and uh, that's something that I believe in. And obviously, I try to be more careful with the football. Um, um, but at the same time, I have to be me. I have to go out there and give guys chances to make plays. Um, that's what I try to do. Of course, you talk about you talk about being you, right? And you pick up everyone when things aren't going right. But who picks you up? Is it coach or is it another? I think it's. I mean, I think it's just the whole team. Honestly, I mean, it's everybody. No one ever. Uh, points fingers on this team. I, th- I don't think not just me. I think uh, at everybody, um, if something goes bad, you pick that guy up and you keep fighting. Um, and that's, that's why I think we've won a lot of football games here. Um, is that it doesn't always have to be perfect, but we're going to respond and have each other's back. Um, and that's what makes great football teams. Adam, Patrick, that 25-yard uh, run you had on that last drive—that was obviously a big play. But you were particularly fired up when it was over. Was there something else behind that? Yeah, I mean, we just needed that. We needed that play in that time. Um, we we're trying to get into field goal range. We we're trying to do what we can to get, keep the defense off the field. They've been playing their tail off in that second half. Um, I'm a little upset. I kind of stumbled. I was thinking I could maybe get around the side a little bit. Um, but, uh, I mean, it was a big first down, um, and then we were able to kind of keep it moving uh, down the field. Uh, and I, I've told you, I've told a lot of people, I mean, I'm, I'm faster than people think. I don't run pretty, so people think I'm slow, but uh, I move a little bit better than people think. Patrick, it's, it's the, the two interceptions that you touched on briefly, it's kind of similar plays it looked like, but I'm wondering if you could just take us through what, what you saw. Yeah, it's just, it's just being greedy, man. Um, just got to throw the ball away. Um, they, they covered both the plays well, um, but instead of just throwing the ball away, I try to make perfect throws um, where I tried the one to Noah. I saw the guy underneath it. I thought I could throw it to the sideline, him or nobody, maybe get it, catch it on the sideline first down, um, and obviously didn't throw it good enough, hit the dude right in the chest. And the same with Travis. I mean, we're in that, that situation where I'm trying to get uh, at least Harrison in field goal range, and they're, they're dropping for depth. And I thought Trav had beat his guy, but the whole player was there. Um, and I thought I could throw it over him, um, and obviously I couldn't, and so he made a good play on it. And so it's just you just got to know when you can take those chances, and obviously that time at those points in the game I can't I can't do that. I got to throw the football away and just live to play another play. All right, we're gonna go with these three gentlemen in the back. And we're gonna finish up here. Patrick, are you satisfied with the way the teams come around here with the first month of the season? <clears throat> yeah, I mean it's it's always good when you find a ways to win. Um, I, I think I've I've learned in my six or seven years it's. It's, you can win pretty, but you have to win ugly, too, in order to win Super Bowls. And so uh, for me, um, it's, it's always, even though I, I hate it that while it's happening, 
I feel like it makes you better in the end if you win games like this where not everything's going perfect. And so uh, um, we did that last year, and we're going to try to do that again this year and then try to keep getting better. And so we're playing our best football at the end of the season. Uh, Patrick, first first time playing at MetLife, what was the atmosphere like? No, it was it was awesome, honestly. Um, I got to come here for, uh, my first year twice, two, two times in three weeks, but obviously didn't get to play in the game. Um, but the atmosphere was awesome. Sunday night, I mean, from the intros all the way to the end of the game, the fans were in it. Um, and my, my dad played for the Mets, and so I know the fans really support their teams. And so uh, I, I was glad to, to be here and get to play in the, the same state and kind of the same type of fan base that my dad played in. Uh, follow up on that was like Isaiah Pacheco kind of coming back to New Jersey, just uh, his game, the way he played today in front of the Fancy he grew up. Yeah, no, he's uh, I call him, he's Jersey's own man. He, he went to Rutgers. He played, he played in Jersey. He loves it. Kind of how I, I am with Texas. He has a lot of pride in it, and so I could see it from the first snap. You could see it in his eyes. Like this meant more to him, and uh, he did a great job catching the ball, running the ball. Um, I, th- I mean, he put up great. I haven't looked at the stats, but put up great stats and and made some big runs when we really needed them. Last three, Adam. Patrick, you got the 200 TD record tonight. Is that number one? Does that mean anything? And number two, did you keep the ball? I don't even. What, what's the what's the what is the record? Two hundred. Um, yeah, I mean it means it means a ton um, because you. I guess the people that are on the list, the quarterbacks that have came before me. Um, but uh, I mean, you just got to keep going. I mean, the game has changed, so I think someone will pass me uh, before before too long. And so you just go out there and keep playing. And the one thing that doesn't change is Super Bowls. So I'm gonna try to keep getting those. Last two. Hey, going back to that run, were you surprised that it was just wide open up today? Uh, it means a lot to me and the team, uh, most definitely uh, picking up one another, uh, playing for hard for each other. Great team over there. And what about you coming here for this game? Oh, uh, it was a great feeling. Uh, never been in a stadium before. I've been in a Philly stadium. First uh, professional real football game inside the stadium. Uh, it was a great feeling. Uh, and blessed to see my family here supporting me. And not only that, um, get a victory. How many times did you imagine scoring a touchdown here in MetLife, and how did it feel once you got to the end zone? Um, I didn't really picture it, but you know, focusing and staying patient and just listening and doing my job, um, it allowed me to get in the end zone and finishing with the guys up front. It's a really big team win as well. How big is this for you guys moving forward? Do you think? Oh, it's awesome! It shows you uh, how uh, how much we play for one another, and not only that, uh, we got a lot of more ball to play and a lot of more time to build with each other. How hard a grind was this tonight? Say it again, I'm sorry. How hard a grind was this tonight? Oh, it was a lot of hard to grind. Uh, I say I, every time I got in the huddle, I was telling the O-line, uh, let's strain, let's finish. And, uh, you know, that was the mindset. You had, you, had, you had a lot of extra energy coming in, it seemed like, tonight. Did you feel that? Oh, yeah, I felt good tonight. I ain't going to lie to you. I felt light on my feet, uh, back to, uh, to, the, to the process, rolling. So this week, you know, when you're getting ready to score, your your uh, celebration kind of goes through your head. What were you thinking about as you were running to the end zone? Hey, when I was running there on that one, I ain't that was a long one, so I wasn't thinking about nothing. I'm like, sheesh, just let me get in there. Are you impressed by the defense? Was it better than what you thought? Uh, absolutely. Uh, the defense up front, uh, very hard. Uh, they played very solid, and uh, for us, uh, just finishing. That was the, the mindset of, of the offensive line finishing. So you guys killed the last, I think, seven and a half minutes of the game with the ball. You did the same thing in Jacksonville. Why are you guys have Why have you guys been so good in those situations? Um, it starts in practice. Uh, practicing those situations when we're getting down to it, uh, and listening to Pat on this cause and making sure that uh, we play for one another. Isaiah, can you uh, describe the push-ups? What was going on? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I was a little slow getting up there, so I had to get my juice back.
Last one. Isaiah, uh, Patrick said, uh, Andy said that uh, Patrick said something in the locker room at halftime. You know, what did he tell you guys, and what was his mentality kind of coming at the last few minutes of that game? Um, way to uh, play for each other, uh, both sides of the ball. And this half when we go out there, let's just keep building and uh, play for one another, uh, make plays. That's the goal and the mindset we got. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, there were some good individual performances. Um, most of all, I thought it was a good team win. I thought special teams did a nice job uh, securing the football, getting the yards, you know, the, the few yards that we needed there. and punted the ball well, so on. So, I, and kicked the ball well. So, with that time, yours. <clears throat> hey, Andy. Um, Pat basically said after the game that those two interceptions, he was too greedy. Um, do you have to talk to him much about that, about not being too greedy? Uh, do you have to talk to him at all about that? And Brad, I'll have a second question as well. Yeah, you know what, Adam? Uh he knows better than anybody when when that happens. And he came up afterwards and just said, "Hey, listen, I, I gotta check it down there, so um, or run it." And and so you know he did that did that a little bit more the second half. Okay. I mean, is that a fine line with him? I mean, making those kinds of plays is, makes him the player he is. There's sort of a fine line. You don't want to take that away from him. Yeah, well, you could you could kind of see the evolution of it during the game. He, he had a nice one to Noah where he kind of lofted it up and over, and he tried the second one and um, was picked. And so, um, and then the next one was picked. But he, he was trying to put it in a hole. He's he, you know he's done that so many different times, but they they were settling back. So better to just work work the flat there or or run. Let's go next to Todd Palmer. Go ahead, Todd. Uh, hey, Andy, thanks for the time. Um, I was just curious about your four-minute offense. Um, it worked really well at Jacksonville, um, and then it worked exceptionally well yesterday. Is that something you guys have worked on, and why has it been so much more effective maybe in seasons past, early this season? Yeah, I think, listen, I think uh, we do work on it quite a bit. Uh, you see it at training camp, and then we work on it every week. Um on Friday. So, um, but, uh, and we've done that in the past too. So I, I, that's not something that's new, but I think, you know, the guys up front are blocking nice. Coach X got some good runs there that he's put together and, and then Pacheco and, um, really all three of them, Pacheco, uh, 25, one, they've all, they're all running hard and good. They're seeing things. So it's, um, it's been a positive thing, that combination. And you probably include the tight ends on that because they're in on a lot of those. Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Go Pete. Hey, Coach. Yeah, obviously, you guys got off to a really hot start, and then things shifted. I, I was wondering, in your look back at the film, was it something that the, the Jets adjusted, or, or was it more internally on your end where maybe there are more things you can clean up um, self-scouting-wise? Yeah, you know what, Pete? We, we – uh we did. We you know, jumped out and we were moving and then <clears throat> we get backed up there and, um, you know, we, that's where the problem started. Then <clears throat> field position kind of changed. The intercept, the two, you know, the turnovers took place and, uh, we gave them an opportunity and that's, that's what they needed. I mean, we let, you know, that old saying is you let them up, 
when they're down. So uh, we did that. Uh, and you, we knew going in that you, you couldn't turn the ball over. We knew that. And, and then that, that happened. And uh, then we had to kind of regain ourselves. And <clears throat> that's what, that, that's a hard thing to do in the National Football League is kind of re- regain it from that position. So um, when you're up, down, now you got to get back up again. In the second half, they came out, they scored <clears throat> with the first possession. And then I, I thought our defense just, you know, put the hammer down there. And um, even with a couple times not great field position. So, but they, they just, uh, that kind of recharged everything. And then Pacheco and some of his runs, and then Pat had a couple of nice throws in there. And, you know, the old line got rolling and, and um, it got out of the little funk that we had going. And so, you know, it finished, it finished up good. Hard place to play and hard way to win a game, but you, you've got to be able to do that. And we were, we were able to, able to do it. We just need to get rid of the other stuff in between and we'll be better off. I can't really, you know, pick out one particular tight end in mind. You know, I guess the perfect matchup, you know, just challenge yourself will obviously have to be Travis Kelsey. Uh, you know, he's a guy that gives a lot of people a problem, so I'm definitely looking forward to, you know, taking that challenge. My position. Uh, looking back at this year's Super Bowl, were there any players defensively that stood out to you? Any players defensively from the Super Bowl? Yeah, any players, yeah. Oh, players. Yeah. Um, any players defensively that stood out to me? Um, I really like uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Uh, I, I like the way he played the Super Bowl. Uh, just the way he played it, running the pass, you know, feeling alley. I think he had a good game. Hey, Tyler, thank you for taking the time to speak with us and uh, breaking down everything going on with the Minnesota Vikings. With the offense, it's really easy to focus on the likes of Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins, and rookie wide receiver Jordan Addison. But the reality is the offensive line is the group that really deserves a lot of credit. When you take a look at how well they've played so far this year, it's doesn't feel like it to some fans, but when you look at it in depth, It's reality. The Vikings offensive line has been really good. They have all of their players ranked in the top 22 of their respective positions with Ed Ingram being 22 out of 76 per pro football focus. Brian O'Neill is the fifth ranked tackle among all tackles per pro football focus, and he has been fantastic coming off that Achilles tendon. Christian Derrissaw had a little bit of a rough go in week three against the Los Angeles Chargers, but he was coming off of an ankle injury, and that injury obviously hindered him and he looks really healthy, and he looked so this past week against the Carolina Panthers. Now, the offensive line still has its warts. The biggest thing that they do is they allow a little bit of pressure on Kirk Cousins. But going into week three, they were the fifth least allowing pressure offensive line in the National Football League, according to Sports Info Solutions. That translated really well against the Carolina Panthers. They only threw the ball 19 times, and they did allow one sack 
but they did not allow pressure whatsoever to get to Kirk Cousins. This is a group that has been much maligned and honestly has gotten a little too much criticism over the years from Vikings fans and Vikings media just because they have been so inconsistent. But this group is here. It is ready to play. And it's going to be a very interesting battle to see what happens with Chris Jones, how Steve Spagnuolo wants to use him, and which offensive lineman he chooses to attack because that is going to be very, very interesting. I think you have to start with Marcus Davenport and Daniil Hunter when you talk about the Minnesota Vikings defense. Davenport only played four snaps in the first three games due to an ankle injury. He suffered that injury the Thursday before week one, and we weren't really sure. It was a little ambiguous on how the Vikings were approaching it and how they were talking about it because they only called it an ankle injury. They didn't say it was a low ankle sprain, a high ankle sprain, a mid ankle sprain, any of that. So we were left to our own devices trying to figure it out. And it turned out that it was a little more of a severe ankle sprain than we initially thought. He did try to play through it against the Philadelphia Eagles, but only lasted four plays. And he came back with a vengeance. He had a sack against the Carolina Panthers. On top of that, he basically had a second one that was cleaned up by DJ Wanham, and Wanham ended up having a great game with the scoop and score. This edge group plays a lot of snaps. The defensive line is not very strong, so you're going to see a lot of three edge rusher looks throughout the course of the game, and that could be really interesting with a guy like Patrick Mahomes who likes to scramble and move around to try to create plays. There's going to be a lot more speed on that front four to be able to kind of corral him and be able to track him down. So that will be an interesting matchup. On the second level, you have to talk about Evan Pace Jr., the UDFA out of Cincinnati, a pass rushing specialist who has turned into just a really good overall linebacker. It's honestly a transition that we weren't expecting right away. We were expecting that to come in time, not this quickly. And the fact that he was able to get there this quickly was truly impressive. And he is the eighth ranked linebacker um, per pro football focus. And he's doing it with blitzing. He's capable in coverage. He's filling gaps in the running game. Now, he still is not phenomenal as far as shedding blocks. He is only 230 pounds at 5'10 and a half. But he's doing everything else at such a high level. It hasn't mattered as much. The secondary, you have three of the better safeties in the league. They do a lot of big nickel. Uh, Josh Metellus. Cam Bynum have really stepped up their game this year, and they play a really smart level of football. And with Brian Flores, he likes his smart players because they're at, he asks them to do a lot. He not only asks them to be good blitzers and be good in coverage, but he asks them to be able to do a little bit of both where you'll have guys on the uh, line of scrimmage, and then they'll bail out at the last second. So he asks a lot of these guys, and they have delivered. Cornerbacks, they've been fine. They're not great. I don't even know if I could genuinely call them good, but they play well and they don't make mistakes. Now, you can kind of relate these guys to like the Chiefs cornerback room. Guys like Legereus Sneed is a rookie. Uh, Trent McDuffie was obviously uh, highly regarded coming out of Washington, but some of the players that, oh, you just draft them and you throw them into a spot and then they overperform. I don't know where the Vikings are at. They're just. It's unheralded guys that are just playing well. And it, it's a really good group that's continuing to grow and develop. And I'm excited to kind of see where they go from here. But they are not a liability anymore like they were last year. This is going to be a very interesting game. The Vikings are obviously hosting their five and a half point favorites per bet MGM. Sorry, five and a half point underdogs per bet MGM. 
at the end of the day, it's still the Kansas City Chiefs. It's still Patrick Mahomes. And even with all the circus caused by Taylor Swift, which honestly, these guys have been under the spotlight since Patrick Mahomes had his incredible season. I don't think that this is a distraction for the Chiefs. I don't think it will be a distraction at all. But could it be a distraction for the Vikings? They already made comments on it earlier this week with Byron Murphy Jr. saying that they were going to give uh, Travis Kelsey something to talk about. And they were going to get in his face and they were going to get after him early and often. The Vikings offense is going to have to step up and they're going to have to play turnover free football, something they have not done this year. Turned it over 11 times, at least two turnovers in every single game. That's not great. But a lot of these turnovers are coming from fluke plays, and those tend to regress to the mean over the course of time. And the Vikings, uh, three turnovers and four turnovers. The last two games have been two apiece. Hopefully that they can play turnover-free football. But even so, it's still Patrick Mahomes. It's still Travis Kelsey. And I think that the Chiefs come out with a victory by a score of 34-27. to I want to take the time to thank everybody for tuning in to today's episode. Please follow us on X at The Chiefs Wire for your latest updates on news and everything going on with the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm Ed Easton Jr. Until next time. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of... Uh human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.